0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Yeah,
0: today I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee. Man, does this smell good. Wolfen, down your lunch. <laughs> serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it
2: is noon on a Monday. It is time for all of your top sports stories in one place. Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here as always. Aaron?
3: So the Suns are one win away from advancing to the Western Conference semifinals following a 112 to 100 victory over the Clippers in Game 4. Here's Kevin Durant on how the Big three played together.
4: Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely good when we all three aggressive and trying to make plays and trying to play fast paced. And I think tonight we, did this, we all did a solid awesome job. Um, You know, we're still growing. We're still trying to learn each other. We're still trying to figure out um, the best way for us to operate around each other. So, um, but it it always helps when the shots go in, you know. So, we did. See, make made some big shots tonight. and made some big shots. So, you know, it's always good when the shots go
3: in. Where does your mind go first when you think about game four?
2: Well, he's right. It's always good when the shots go in. Um, It's hard for your mind to not go to Chris Paul, at least for me, because I, I'm I'm pretty much already in the routine of expecting, uh, you know, at least twenty-five, probably closer to thirty-three from Kevin Durant. There's always possibility he just goes off, although he seems content to just be the 30-point guy and and you know Devin Booker may have 24 or Booker might have 44. Um, so you kind of know what to expect from those two, but Chris Paul doing what he did in the fourth quarter, that was much needed. And and I think in such a way, Wolf, where it could extend beyond just Saturday.
1: Yeah, no, honestly, right now, I think um, this is the best trend coming out of this series for the Phoenix Suns, that Chris Paul, once again starting to show the ability to rear his head in the fourth quarter when the Suns need it the most. That, to me, I, I don't think there could be a better trend for the Suns right now coming out of this series than that. Win the series, of course, but to see Chris Paul once again in the fourth quarter making plays that determined the outcome of the game For the Suns. We're not talking about Devin Booker. Devin Booker's going to do that. We're not talking about KD. KD's going to do that. We're talking about Chris Paul, another option for the Suns. I think that's a big trend coming out. So
3: our Sanderson Ford Poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, what grade would you give Suns coach Monty Williams through four games of the playoffs? I know you like grades, Wolf. Your choice is A, B, C, or D.
2: Uh, I prob- I mean, they're up three one in the series. I'll, I'll give him a B. I'll go. I'll go B. It's hard for me to give him an A because Ty is so on hot. the other Come side.
1: On. I, what did he say to him, and did they actually follow what it was that he had planned? I, I don't know. You know, how are they executing the schemes that he's been running? Are they doing a good job of that? <laughs> Hello, we're waiting for your grade. No, I'm. How do you know it's impossible to answer the question without knowing what he said to his players? Because players don't always make the right play. They don't always do the right thing. And guess who's the, who that reflects on, ultimately? The head coach. The head coach had nothing to do. I told you what to do, and you didn't do it. Um. Okay, having said all of that, <laughs> I'll give him a B. Alrighty. Thanks
3: for playing my game, Wolf. <laughs> 49% say B, 35% say C, 10% A, and then 5% D.
1: So I'm in, I'm in the top percentage. Yeah, after all that, okay, you yeah, talked yeah, yourself right to the... Uh, yeah, after
3: arguing, yeah. you... Well- <laughs> We should matters, do a
2: right, segment Wolf? that is just poll questions for Wolf. And I don't even have to vote. I'll just sit here and react.
1: I, you know what? I think of I, guys in the huddle. You're sitting there. You call the play. You look at each other. You, they, okay, you, everyone know what you're doing? Yeah, this is great. Ready? Break. You go to the line. The guy just totally brain farts it. Totally bink. Didn't do it. Who gets blamed? Oh, the coach. Look at the execution. It stinks. Okay, you only I'm over bait. it right now. The NFL draft is just
3: days away. So what is Cardinals general manager, Monty Austin Fort's philosophy being in the top 10? Is it best player available? Is it drafting for need? Here's what he had to say.
5: My philosophy is to draft the best player for the Cardinals. So the, the, the right fit for the Cardinals, you know? So we're, we, we put a ton of work on that. And we've had a lot of discussions on that. And ultimately position, best player, we're gonna take the best point the best fit for the Cardinals.
3: So ultimately today, <laughs> what do you think the Cardinals will do at number three? And if you guys say they're going to trade out of that pick, I wanna know a team that you think they're gonna trade with and what they're gonna get back.
1: Uh, Luke's gonna take my answer.
3: Then why don't you go first? No, because you're gonna—you've
2: <laughs> already guaranteed the city of Phoenix <laughs> that the trade was gonna be with the Colts. Oh
1: no, I didn't guarantee. that. In I a perfect world. world, I think you bet Maloney money even though I she said, didn't want to. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll, I'll stick to that. If if that is st- still an option for me, yeah. the Colts. Yeah. yeah Anything. Okay, you, I'm gonna you go can with trade the Colts. If you want.
3: What do they get back?
1: Uh, Ryan Kelly. So do they get Ryan the fourth Gelley, pick? Too? And they get the fourth pick back, and they get a second round pick as well.
3: For moving back one that's, spot.
1: That's what. Our, yeah, that's exactly what i You I'm would going. definitely do that. 100%. Would, damn. Would
3: you do it if Will Anderson was on the board still?
1: If Will Anderson is gone, I will trade back to number 11. I think in the Tennessee. I, I
2: think they're going to trade to Tennessee for 11. And I think you will get Tennessee's first next year, and a second. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say you get, you swap first this year, you get a first next year and a second and maybe like a third somewhere down the line too. But that's, I think it'll be with Tennessee.
3: Another big question this week is what is the future of Buddha Baker and DeAndre Hopkins as the NFL draft approaches? Here's Monty Austinport on Buddha.
5: Myself, JG, um, we've had a lot of conversation with Buddha and his representation, a lot of productive conversations and those continue to happen. Um... I understand that that Buddha went Public with his uh, his request last week, um, you know I would say that the conversations that I've had with Buddha um, are gonna. I, I want those to remain between Buddha and I. Those are personal. Um, those are private, and you know I'm not going to get into a situation where I'm uh, handling uh, uh, one of those situations in in the public forum. So I hope you guys appreciate kind of that. But again, I, I think I've been clear about how I feel about Buddha as a person and a player, and and nothing about that has changed.
3: And here's Austin Fort. On the Hopkins situation,
5: um, it's you know, Greg. It's similar to the Buddha conversation. I've, I've had similar. Um, I've had a lot of interaction with with Hop. He's been great. Um, good discussions back and forth. Um, you know, as it pertains to his situation, I, I'm, I'm going to keep those uh, those discussions between us as well. Um, but you know, Hop hops. A, he's been proven to be a a good player in this league, and, and he's obviously a very talented player. But you know, I think. Productive conversations with Hop, just going to keep those between us. Do
3: you guys think we will get clarity on one of those two guys this week?
5: I don't like him
2: saying the Hopkins situation similar to the Buddha situation. Maybe it's just semantics, but I, I to, <laughs> to me, Hopkins has been gone for three or four months, whereas Buddha, I'm still holding out hope, will stay here. I think if we get clarity, it'll be on the Hopkins side of things. I actually think we might get clarity next week on Hopkins once teams have seen which receivers they were able to draft or
1: not draft. Yeah, um, I still believe that the ultimate pressure point of the NFL draft is going to produce the trade of DeAndre Hopkins. Buda Baker? I don't think so. I think Buda's here.
2: All right, that was Wolf Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron, as always. Score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Just text TICKET to 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during this hour. Ooh, you have 49 minutes left here to listen during this hour. Uh, and then the 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for Game 5 tickets. See the Suns take on the Clippers tomorrow. Again, that is TICKET to 620-620. We come back. The Suns' big three was all in in Game 4. How crucial was that? What are we learning about this group now? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. It
2: struck me watching the game on Saturday, Wolf, that... The Suns are are trying to do something pretty unique. You know, they're not the first team to have a big three, but they are the first team, or they want to be the first team, to win a, a title trading for one of the two biggest parts of that big three at the trade deadline, essentially, and and putting it all together. And it's just they are a team that certainly you would expect to get better the deeper they go into the playoffs. You know, assuming they don't burn out from playing forty five minutes a game which i guess is a real concern as i say it out that loud. Is bad, Luke. But uh, but it's fascinating to watch because you can s- the basketball minds collectively that that Kevin Durant, Chris Paul and Devin Booker have, you can see them like processing whatever the Clippers throw at them and just processing every minute they get to play together and and just Getting smarter
1: and stronger. Yeah, it, it's so cool because Chris Paul. Do you think Chris Paul has seen a lot of defensive? I think he has coverages? seen every defensive coverage. Yeah, I think he's seen an awful lot of that. So Kevin Durant. Do you think KD has seen a lot of things thrown his way yes. in the course of his career? Of course. This is why I, I love this for Devin Booker, and I, I don't think. It's an accident that D Book has responded so well into these playoffs the way that he has because he's got so much aid, comfort and shelter provided by Kevin Durant and Chris Paul. These two guys that have seen everything under the sun. I think it's just great and even Book. I, Book's in his 8th year. <laughs> yeah. It's That's just, crazy, I mean, isn't it? it just blows I still your remember mind where I was when he got when you think drafted. About that man. You know, he's still 26. Um, it's stunning to think it's his eighth year, but it is. And these guys' experience, though, I, I think really does present an awful lot of aid, comfort, and shelter to Booker, and I love that.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting point on Booker because, you know, there was so much talk when they got KD. It was like, well, you know, if teams are going to go cover Kevin Durant, Devin Booker's going to be wide open, and then they're going to cover Booker, and KD's going to be wide open. You know, for the most part, KD has just kind of been KD, which is one of the best players of all time. But I, I don't feel like the coverage on him has changed that much. But you're right, with Booker, it feels like he's just running wild now because he's got a lot more room than I'm sure other teams would allow him to have or prefer to allow him to have. Kevin Durant, after the game on Saturday, talking about how the big three played together. Yeah,
4: it's it's, it's definitely good when we all three aggressive and trying to make plays and trying to play fast plays and... I think tonight we did this. We all did a solid job. Um, you know, we're still growing. We're still trying to learn each other. We're still trying to figure out um, the best way for us to operate around each other. So, um, but it, it always helps when the shots go in. You know, so we see made some big shots tonight. book And made some big shots. So you know, it's always good when the shots go in.
2: By the yeah. way, does anybody wear a D-backs hat more than Kevin Durant now? No. Mm-hmm. Other than yeah. like. You know, Zach Gallen when he's pitching for the d I
1: was going to say, maybe Tory. <laughs> maybe Tory. I'm going to go Tory. That's it. Victoria wears that hat a lot. I'm just guessing. <laughs> Anybody that's not actively
2: on the D backs wear D backs hat as much as KD. Yeah, it's a nice hat.
1: Yeah, that's. I think it's so cool. He is. He has adapted very quickly to the basin here and has embraced it. I think that's pretty cool. But speaking of that, right there, um, 61 points from Kevin Durant and Devin Booker combined. 30 and 31 respectively, right there. It's just, it's almost laughable right now. It's at a point where it's just the expectation with these guys. The Clippers are a tough team, they are fighting big time. And yet, Kevin Durant in particular, not only book, but Kevin Durant in particular is so smooth. Just looks. Everything looks so simple for him. Just the way he glides. The slim Reaper, indeed.
2: What do you think this is doing to us as basketball fans watching this team? Like, I know it's only been twelve games, and this shouldn't be an issue for years. But you know, go two or three years down the line, four years down the line, KD's not on the team anymore. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Like, well, but yeah, it's so much more fun when we have two. potential Hall of Famer three (laughs) with Chris Paul. I know. Uh, But whatever, it's fine. I'll take it. It, Because you're right, KD is is so smooth that you just assume, yeah, he'll probably get 30 points every night. You're starting with 30 points every game, it feels like.
1: It it does, and especially with KD. I I don't know why, but maybe it's book is just so much more put it on the ground, take it to the rack. He can mid-range, of course, shoot the three. He's so capable of doing it all. So is KD for the most part. But he's so smooth when he does it. And he looks so efficient when he does it as well. It's not like he's out there taking 30 shots a game. He's not. It is he's not Russell Westbrook. No, it's not.
2: <laughs> he's not. And it's funny, too. There was a clip of him afterwards where they're like, hey, are you worried about the minutes? And he's like, how do I look to you? You know, how do I look out there? Right. I mean, for KD to get up and down the floor, it's like five steps. So it's not like he's, like, sprinting back and forth. And this is a guy that hasn't gotten to play a whole lot this year. And as he said on a number of occasions, he hasn't gotten to play as much as he wants to play this year. Uh, Another one from KD. Yeah,
4: I mean, it's a, you know, you want to guard your yard, guard your guy. And then if you get an opportunity to be aggressive on the offensive side of the ball, don't hesitate. So, yeah, that's just the name of the game. They know your plays. They're taking away a lot of your sets. You're playing more physical, uh, you know, so you got to fend for yourself out there sometimes. And it's going to go back between being the team game and maybe individual game here and there. So I think we do a good job of having a balance of between both. We got the ISO scores and we played well as a team. Because
2: you brought this up before the show. When if if I said big three to you about the Suns yeah. at the start of the playoffs, who would your big three have been? <laughs> who would have jumped in? Obviously, Katie and Booker.
1: Katie and Booker, and I think we would have said Aiden. Okay. Chris Paul, you know, we all understand. Um, Chris Paul definitely looked different this year. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. Yeah. He
2: looked different. And they didn't really back him up <laughs> with a traditional point guard. I mean, they're backing him up with KD and Booker and yeah. you know, different guys. But you're right. Yeah, he he looked, he looked different this year.
1: I, I started to get filled with a little bit of hope, and I think you would agree on this one, when suddenly Kevin Durant came back. And remember the last eight games before they actually went into the postseason where Chris Paul was getting the opportunity to shoot that open three. Mm-hmm. And he was making it, the catch-and-shoot three. Yeah. That, we all know how important that was going forward for this team because he's going to get that option. They're going to double off of him. The
2: The amount of pressure that KD takes off of Chris Paul, both just the, the focus from everybody nationally, which I don't think that necessarily bothers Chris Paul at this point in his career, not while he's playing. It might off the court, but... I don't know, when I hear people talk about the Suns right now, a year ago it was like, "Well, this is Chris Paul's best chance. He better win one. He's never, you know, he's never won one. Can you believe Chris Paul's never won a title? Oh my gosh, Chris Paul's never Yeah, we get it, okay? <laughs> but now the focus is more on man, they have Kevin Durant. How'd that happen? Mm-hmm. How'd De- Devin Booker's just running wild. Somebody needs to slow down Devin Booker right. or he's just going to carve teams up like he's done to the Clippers at times this series. You're right. Chris Paul was a, a little bit of a wild card, and I guess he still is because it's only four uh, four playoff games. But the difference is, if Chris Paul plays the way he did in the fourth, they're not going to lose very many games. Whereas with D.A., it, it, <laughs> It's just, it's hard to tell exactly what that looks like. What what does the DA game look like where the Suns definitely won that game? You know, if you just saw the highlights of of Chris Paul in the fourth quarter on Saturday and nobody told you the score and and the score wasn't in the corner of the screen and you saw it and you were like, that's Chris Paul in the fourth quarter, the Suns definitely won. Yeah. But I don't know that you can necessarily see that with a few. DA plays here or there. Yeah, no. Uh, just just by the nature of who they are and the positions they play.
1: Yeah, I would just say again, um he, if he's active on the offensive glass, I think that is what I look for more than anything else with DeAndre Ayton. If he is active on the offensive glass, that to me is a good indicator that his motor is pretty high. It's kind of like this last game, game 4 of course. DA, he had 11 points in the first half and 7 Rebounds, I believe, in the first half. Four of those rebounds were offensive boards. And that's where I felt like, man, this is great. He's engaged and he's aggressive. And that's what they need from D.A. They need that. And if you watch the offensive glass, watch him. How many times does he follow a shot? First of all, that's kind of important right there. If you actually want to get an offensive rebound, maybe you should move towards the offensive glass. I'm just saying, that's me. It's a good start. And I would say try to move around somebody, too, if that's what you'd like to, you know. Move around and, and be ready. Get yourself in position to actually grab an offensive board. And you can see it, it takes work to do that, though. That means you've got to move your feet. You have to be aware You have to look around you and see where you might have an opening instead of just standing there watching the shot and letting the guy block you out. you got to work. That's what you have to do. And, you know, DA, once again, I think at some point the light bulb has to go on in the shed. I see this every year, and yet it hasn't happened.
3: Here's DeAndre Ayton from practice today. Um, He was asked about people questioning his motor.
0: Cool question your motor. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that, that is. Man. Yeah. Motor, come on, bro, I play both ends of
4: the floor. My name is Dominated. I, uh, I anchor the Phoenix Suns on both ends of the floor. Motor, really? You want to talk about the motor, man? Nope. I run on no Tesla battery.
2: <laughs> oh, man. That <laughs> sounded like Alan Iverson for a second. I really thought he was going to say we're talking about practice. Oh, man. I Maloney dropped that on us right
1: before we're going to break. Yeah, you know, again, <laughs> uh, this is one of the things, though, based on it's the reason why humility is so important. It is so important because humility actually allows you to see yourself clearly and where you need to get better. Now, he may have just been trying to stick the the, the jaw out and say, I don't know what you're talking about. Nobody's ever talked to me about motor or force. Nobody's ever talked to me about, I, I, I don't know. But humility should allow him to see where he needs to get better. And that's exactly where he needs to get better. It's kind of a funny line, though. The, I run on a Tesla battery. It's funny. <sighs> DA is always funny. Yeah, I, I, I know. It's just troubling.
2: DA is always funny until the fourth quarter of a game where he's letting the other team get three offensive rebounds on yeah. the same possession. Then it's not as funny. Yeah. But off the court, DA is always funny. Uh Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 20 right now. We come back. It is draft week in the NFL. Is it getting easier or harder for the Cardinals to trade that third pick? They still have it. And the draft starts in like seventy seven ish hours. It's Wolf and Luke at Erzo Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest Hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire!
2: fire. All right, well, there's the game five tomorrow night, so it is time for our hottest ticket qualifier. And that is Mark Player from Apache Junction. Mark, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to qualify for Suns playoff tickets tomorrow night against the Clippers. If Mark doesn't call within the next 10 minutes, then we will open the phone lines to somebody else. If you didn't hear your name, you can still qualify by texting ticket to 620-620 and listening for your name in the 5 o'clock hour. Once again, Mark Player from Apache Junction, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870.
1: Way out there in Apache Junction. Any relation to Scott Platt, the former punter for the Arizona? We'll ask him if he calls in the next nine minutes and 53
0: seconds. Mark Player. It's not a bad name, Player. It's a good athlete. Player, Player. Yeah, there you go. The NFL Draft. News on number three. Draft coverage. Live, local, late breaking. All right. I want to throw this uh,
2: tweet at you from Mike Garofolo. Well, if we were talking about this earlier, talking about, okay, the Cardinals are still holding on to that number three overall pick. Um, you and I are both of the belief that ideally they'd probably like to trade it, get some draft capital, get some other pieces. Monty Austin Fort is inheriting a team that is not one player away from competing for a Super Bowl. And in fact... They might even have less players than they had when he took over the job just a couple uh, months ago. Depending what happens with Bud Baker and you know some of the guys that have left via free agency, given his 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 time with the Patriots, you just it it makes a lot of sense that Monty Austin for would look at number three and say, "Boy, I like Will Anderson, but I'd like a couple firsts and a couple seconds, or maybe a third instead of one of those seconds." And I maybe I trade one of those picks for more picks. Like I need picks if I'm Monty Austin for. Mm-hmm. I personally, Luke Lipinski, like Will Anderson, but I think that's what the Cardinals are looking at. So we had that piece from Todd McShay earlier, you know, saying, OK, maybe the Cardinals have been smart to wait this long because maybe there's a bit of a bidding war. We'll see. Um, he threw out the name Peter Skoronsky of a guy that if the Cardinals were to trade down to, say, 11 with Tennessee, Monty, Austin Ford's former team, that Skoronsky would be a guy that they might be able to get there. Yeah. And, and you said you like him. I love him. Yeah, no doubt
0: about it.
5: Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm but, sorry. I thought no, you were actually going somewhere.
1: I'm
0: going to fire now. off the draft capsule right here. <laughs> Peter Skoronsky, Offensive Tackle, Northwestern.
2: This six foot four, three 313-pound offensive tackle from Northwestern is one of the top offensive line prospects in this year's draft. Skoronski was named to the Big Ten's first team all-conference and their top offensive lineman. And while he could be suited with a move to guard in the pros after defending his QB's blind side all throughout college, his excellent footwork, clear understanding of positioning and angles paired with a unique blend of technique, feel, and and power line up for a potential instant difference maker on any line. NFL comparison eight time Pro Bowl guard
1: Zach Martin. No! Oh, no! Oh, sold! That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about right now. Zach Martin. Would you say Zach Martin is physical base in
0: hands? Yes. Zach Martin, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. Here are the three things you need to know about Zach Martin. After being redshirted as a freshman in Notre Dame, Martin started all 52 games the next four seasons. Martin is a smart player who makes great pre-snap reads and rarely gets caught out of position. However, he does not have the ideal arm length for an NFL tackle, leaving some NFL scouts to believe he could be a better fit at guard.
2: <laughs> Paulie coming through with like, there are three things you need to know and here they
1: are. Listen. Yeah, you know, once again, Peter Skaronski, I think, would possibly come in and play guard Uh, Is it possible he could play center? I I have no idea, Basonians, I will tell you right now, but the tackle position, I think, is in good hands with the Arizona Cardinals in terms of D.J. Humphreys as your left tackle and Calvin Beecham as your right tackle. And they signed him once again to a two-year contract going forward. And I love that, the leadership that Beach brings, of course, and the very tangible solid play, not Pro Bowl player, but solid play at the right tackle position. If you're going to draft Skoronsky, what are you going to do with him? You're going to let him just back up? Either time, you never know who's going to go down. No, I don't think that's the case. If they were going to take Skoronsky, if they moved down and took him at number 11, if he was still there, I would, I would have a party in the Wolfley compound to begin with, because that means they've traded back and gotten a boatload of picks. The only way that I, it would bum me out is if Will Anderson were still there at number three. <laughs> Still was there at number three, and they didn't get him because you know me. I'm in the danger zone on Will Anderson. I want Will Anderson. But if you told me they were going to move back to number 11 and get a guy like Skoronsky. I'd be all over that because it it says so much about this new regime and how they plan on playing football, by the way, on the line of scrimmage, on both sides of the ball. You know what that means, Basinonians? We're going to line up and kick you in the teeth. That's where we're going to start this new regime. That's where we're going to start playing football all over again. On the line of scrimmage, on both sides of the ball, we're going to line up and kick you in the teeth. (laughs) That's a great place to start if you want to start a rebuild.
2: So Todd McShay has a story up today, and it's uh, NFL Draft Buzz. McShay on the top prospects, quarterbacks, and early picks. And for the Cardinals, he says a few things. But one of the things he says was, I keep hearing the team wants to improve the offensive line to better protect quarterback Kyler Murray. And then he talks about, you know, there's not really, there's not really an offensive lineman You would take a three, so would you slide down. And so we're talking about Skaronsky because that came up in that story. But he also says this. Even if it's all the way back to number 11, Skaronsky could be available. If not, one or both of Georgia's Broderick Jones or Ohio State's Paris Johnson Jr. should be there. All three offensive tackles are top 14 players on my board. Again, that's Todd McShay. But I'm going to add this to it because it came out in the last hour or so. Mike Garofolo tweeted out, for what it's worth, word is Kyler Murray likes Paris Johnson a lot and has let that be known inside the Cardinals building. Johnson visited there recently. So take that for what it's worth. Kyler Murray's not making the draft picks for the Cardinals, but if, you, if, if your focus is offensive line, then your focus is offensive line because the one guy you know you're building around is Kyler Murray. I don't know. that's just I found that interesting.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I said this to you earlier of the two guys, if it's not Peter Skoronsky at number 11 out of Northwestern, then Paris Johnson. No doubt about it. I love Paris Johnson. Do we have a draft capsule?
0: Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle, Ohio State.
2: Johnson Jr. is a lengthy, athletic offensive lineman who has the traits to become
0: a long-term starter on the left side. The six foot six inch, three hundred thirteen pound former Ohio State Buckeye is capable of playing guard and tackle. He does need to add muscle, improve his technique, and his ability to defend the spin move. NFL comp, Vikings offensive tackle Brian O'Neill. Yeah, there you go. yeah,
1: um, he, he does have some long arms, no doubt about it. I do like the fact that you could move him inside to start. And that's not that's not the same thing, Basin audience, as taking a defensive guy and saying, well, he's going to play on the line of scrimmage, or he's going to play off the ball, or he's going to play in the slot, or we're going to move him to safety. That That's not the same thing. Drafting a guy who is a tackle and moving him to guard. It's not the same thing. It happens all the time at the NFL level. It's a great way to take a young guy and not put him on the edge and let him get fried mentally. Because now all of a sudden he's going against great football players that have great ability, freakish ability. I know that he's seen an awful lot. This guy playing at Ohio State, he's seen it all. He's seen really good players. But... The NFL game is so different. It will mess with you because of how talented these guys are. Used to be when you played at college, you played in college, you were probably one of the three best players on the field. If you, draft, if you get drafted and play in the National Football League, you're a good player. For the most part, though, man, you get in the NFL it is an eye opener every guy on the field is good and that many times freaks out an offensive lineman
2: well this this is also a reminder if you're the cardinals if you're trading down to 11 or even 7 or wherever you you can't just say okay we're trading down to 11 and fingers crossed that Peter Skoronsky's there, right? Like if you're trading down to 11, you better have 11 guys on your board. You're very comfortable with being your first pick in this draft because it's possible that the first 10 are off the board by then. It, it can't be like, okay, we're going, let's see, we're number three. Uh, we're going to trade down. Yeah, Skaronsky will be there. What if he isn't? Oh, I don't know. No. (laughs) So, I mean, you you have to also like Paris Johnson, or or you go in a different direction, and you're not going offensive line. But I I, I think that if they would do that, they would have a couple offensive linemen in
1: mind. And that is the one thing, again, that I love about this conversation. You cannot state it enough, Luke. It's about the line of scrimmage. It is. It's about a mentality. That
2: seems to be the way they're thinking. It's a
1: mentality, Luke. And they're saying, listen, I understand that the regime before us was all about the perimeter all about the skill that is out there and they were now it's time to start focusing on some of the guys on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball where the fur flies put them inside let them brawl i love it all
2: right mark player called so don't don't hate mark player hate the game if you're trying to come in here and, and get tickets cuz he's he's the qualifier the hottest ticket qualifier for uh, for noon so check back at 5 during burns and gambo and uh, obviously, we're doing this throughout the playoffs, it would appear. So congratulations to Mark Player there. And score the hottest ticket in town, Suns Playoff Tickets, by texting Ticket to six twenty six twenty. registering and listening for your name today at 5 for your chance to qualify for those Game 5 tickets. to the Suns take on the Clippers again. The way you do it is by texting Ticket to six twenty six twenty. When we come back... Game five tomorrow. What do the Suns need to do to close out this series and end it for the Clippers? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now.
2: All right, Kellen Olson is going to join us next hour. Talk about Suns Clippers. Game five coming up tomorrow. Uh, Aaron brought this up earlier, but I'll repeat it in case anybody missed it. If the Suns and the Nuggets both win tomorrow, game one of Suns Nuggets
1: would be Saturday in Denver. Great opportunity for the Suns right now. Yeah. Great opportunity to end this series. It's kind of like going into game three for they split. The first two games, 1-1, the series was tied. Then they went over to L.A., had that opportunity. No Kawhi Leonard. Suddenly, there it is, this opportunity to win game three and seize control of the series. I look at it the same way, based on how much Kevin Durant is playing, how much Devin Booker is playing, Chris Paul, how many minutes they're playing right now. Hey, man, you got to seize control and end this series. You know, I get it. People will look at, at the Suns right now and you
2: can you can point to, I think, some legitimate potential downfalls and that they just aren't getting much from the bench. You know, <laughs> with the way Tory Craig has been playing in this series, we should be feeling good about the depth or better than anticipated about the depth on this team outside the big four. Because Tory Craig has been really consistently contributing in this series. I know his numbers dipped a little bit in game four, but he's been he's been all you could ask of Tory Craig so far in the series, but they're just not getting much off the bench. So that I mean that's that's a legitimate concern. And there are other things. I but I I can't get past the fact that they are eleven and one with Kevin Durant on the floor. And if you just keep winning, <laughs> the other stuff will take care of itself, especially now, especially this time of year. And you're so right, Wolf. Tomorrow's an opportunity to to, to manage some minutes mm-hmm. the best way possible. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But more than that, it's just an opportunity to put a team away. You have a chance to do it, just put them away. Move forward. Ideally, Denver would lose and you would win. And then game one wouldn't be till even a little bit later. And maybe Denver could be the team that um, that, that is coming in a little bit tired. But you have a chance... To put the Clippers away in, and, and you have that because you went to L.A. and got two wins. Here's Torrey Craig after the game four win. Yeah,
4: I mean that's exactly what we wanted to come here and get two. Uh, no matter how we won, we knew all of them was going to be pretty. But I think the biggest thing is just getting the win in the end and going back home
2: and, and trying to close them out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody expected them to go out there content for the split after winning game three. But still, I mean, they went out there and got it done. There's one thing to be like, oh, yeah, we'd like to win game four. It's another thing to actually go out there and win game four. They were able to do that, and now here's DeAndre Ayton on how they can close out the series uh, on Tuesday.
4: I'm not sleep on these guys. Man. They play hard. They play hard to the end. You know, you know Coach Lou over there, you know, um, you got them dudes discipline to where they play to the end, no matter the circumstance. And that's one thing we can't fall for, you know, when we – and it looked good, and it looked like you were comfortable. It looked like they beating up a little bit. They—they're not—they're just gearing up for real. So, um, you know, closeout closeout games are always the hardest. So I'm pretty sure they want—they don't, you know, throw even a bigger punch than on the one they did tonight.
1: i, I, love, I love the guy. <laughs> okay, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. He can recognize it, and everyone else. Have you noticed this? uh huh He's, he's so ready to recognize how hard other dudes play and how hard other people work at their jobs. He, he's so willing to recognize it in everybody else. I, man, I, I DA, you, seriously, he's so talented. He's so. Again, I'm not trying to pile on him, Luke. I am not. Well, the quote
2: from earlier today probably didn't
1: help. Well, that's what did it. I'm sorry. I listened to that. The juxtaposition right now of listening to DA say, you know, Motor, I play at both ends. What are you talking about? Don't even ask me about the question. Now, I will say maybe he's got a personal relationship with this guy that has kind of jabbed him in the ribs before. I have no idea whoever asked him the question. But sometimes as a professional athlete, you're going to throw the shoulders back. You're going to stick the jaw out, and you're going to say, I don't know what you're talking about because you don't like the nature of the question, okay? But um, D.A., I, I just wish he'd be able to recognize in himself that he needs to bring that motor Going forward, I I listen, I know this is not what we wanted to talk about right now, but just listening to the cut you played, he's so willing and ready to recognize hard work and the way these guys go about that and the Clippers and how tough the Clippers are. And I wish he could look at himself and examine himself in the exact same way. Well, and his his
2: point is well taken on the Clippers. This is a team that I don't think you're going to break them. You know, you might beat them in five games, but I don't think if there's a moment when the Clippers are finally like, okay, you know, here's the white flag. Um, it's going to be in like the fourth quarter tomorrow, and and the Suns are going to have to be up by double figures. It, it, it they they are not a team that is wired to just be like, okay, we're done. You got us. I guess we'll talk yeah. to you next year. They and I, I'm sure a lot of that is absolutely Russell Westbrook because I sometimes I feel like he doesn't know what the score is in a game, yeah. and, and that's that can be a good thing, but. A lot of it is what D.A. just said right there, too. Ty Lue's got his guys wired up. You're going to play all the way to the very end. I know every coach says that, but he's actually got his guys doing it.
1: Right. And, Basin Onions, I get hit with this all the time. You know, Oh, yeah, you're, you'll, you'll criticize D.A. right now. Listen, um, it's not just DeAndre Ayton. I know I'm the Arizona Cardinals color analyst. I know they're... I'm their radio analyst, but I will tell you right now, I've said the exact same thing about Kyler Murray. Nobody wants to listen to me, but he's got to embrace this evolution of this new offense as well. He's got to recognize what it is that is going to change his career arc. He's got to embrace it. And learn the game of football all over again. I've said the exact same thing about Kyler Murray in that regard. He's going to have to do it. And the best thing, the best weapon that will allow him to see it is humility. Just like with D.A. D.A.'s got humility, but he doesn't always apply it, if you know what I mean. (laughs) He does. He's a humble guy when you think of how gifted he is and how effusive he is in his praise of his teammates. Yeah, no, he, d- and he everyone doesn't walk else. around like he
2: has an ego. No. Like, oh, I was the number one pick. You can get in line behind me. He doesn't.
0: He's and not his, that guy. And
1: his opponents as well. But once again, humility would allow you to see it where somebody asks you, you're not playing with force. You're, where's your motor? Humility would allow you to say, you're right. I, I know. I've, I'm, I'm working on it. I got to get better at that. I have to. It allows you to see it, and this is exactly what Kyler Murray has got to see as well in himself, the fact that he's got to evolve with this new offense and embrace it, and humility will allow him to see that. We'll play the cut for you again in a little
2: bit. So there's context of, of why Wolf is is going off today because of uh, you know something Da said earlier today. Which again, like you said, I don't think he like meant it in a bad way. But they asked him about his motor. He's like, "What motor? I play. I play, I play, I play both ends. Yeah. What are you
1: talking about? I believe
2: he said he runs on a Tesla battery, which yeah. I still think was a funny uh, line. Um, but as as far as, as what they have to do to close out this series, Da is is an interesting guy to ask. Because I think people still view him as, oh yeah, you know, this guy is new. He was the first overall pick in twenty eighteen. You know, what does he know? He's been in. This is his seventh playoff series. He knows plenty about being in closeout games. He he won three of them two years ago. He won another one last year. He's been on the wrong end of closeout games against Milwaukee and whatever that was against Dallas last year. But it, it's it's not. This team doesn't have a ton of experience together. But when you just Simply look and say, okay, but they're going into a closeout game. Well, KD has years of experience. Chris Paul has a lot of experience. Devin Booker, this is his seventh playoff series. DeAndre Ayton, this is his seventh playoff series. Tory Craig has played a lot of playoff series with the Phoenix Suns. They have... They have a lot of uh, experience in, in this situation, and now it's just a matter of can they go out there and, uh, and close things out. Uh, one more from uh, – actually, I'll go with T. With, uh, with Lou. I'll, I'll give, I'll give TA a break here since we're going to break. Please. Here's Ty Lou talking about how he can keep his team's confidence level up.
5: Just stay with it. Keep being encouraging. Yeah. Um... You know, don't pull guys out when they make a mistake, you know, and when they, you know, don't make shots. I think it's more so about, you know, giving those guys confidence to play through it a little bit. Um... And that's you know that's pretty much my formula. You know, I think the communication, I think sticking with guys when they're going through tough times, and hopefully they can get out of it. But you want to also always breed confidence in your players, and that's what we try to do. That's
2: an interesting audio. It sounded like Ty Lute was grilling burgers as he was
5: talking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you know, we're just going to stay with it. can you pass the mustard, real quick.
1: This guy, um, the Phoenix Suns have played the Clippers right now four games. Ron Wolfley reporting. and every one of them, have been competitive. Every one of and he's only had Kawhi Leonard on the floor for two of those games and of course Paul George none of those games and you think of how this team has played and rallied against the Suns and played the toughness they have put on display on the floor Um, it's such a testament to the coach they have and the guys the players that they have inside that locker room as well because all the coaching in the world is not going to motivate you unless you are a self motivated individual to begin with. All the schemes in the world are not going to allow you to execute those schemes the right way unless you're built that way mentally. It's a combination of Tai Lu and the coach that he is, and of course the human beings they have inside those locker that locker room right now. To me, um the sons can take an awful lot away from what they see from the L.A. Clippers. All
2: right, we come back. Devin Booker's averaging 43.5 minutes a game in this series. Kevin Durant's actually averaging more at 44. Worried at all about those twos minutes? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports.